Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are you in Are fashion? You in fashion? fashion. Do you see what she's wearing? The tall <gasps> shoes. I'm Sonia Sly. My heels are killing me. Um, but I was told I have a backstage pass. You will need to get the right pass to get behind me, Pam. Look, I'm I need sorry. to go. Code red, code red, code. We have a situation. I'm taking you inside the fashion industry to discuss trends, the reality behind the glamour, and the highs and lows of a fast-paced industry that never stops. In a scene outside a show at Paris Fashion Week, there are hordes of photographers, media and passers-by catching snaps of models as they exit a Balmain show. It looks hectic and stressful, and I think I'm starting to get anxious myself just watching. But this is the reality at International Fashion Week shows, and now it's also the reality for Kiwi photographer Dan Roberts. What's the fashion item that you're coveting right now and why? <laughs> this is supposed to be quick fire. Yeah, quick fire. Um, Think fast uh, on your feet. <laughs> well, actually, currently I'm wearing some really ugly Balenciaga sneakers, <laughs> which I really like. I mean, a lot of people don't like them. I think there's like an ugly aesthetic that's happening at the moment. Dan is based in Melbourne. We're on a Skype call after tentative plans fell through for a catch-up at Fashion Week a couple of years ago. But I'm kind of pleased we're only catching up now. Because today, Dan's career is booming. He's a street style photographer. But first, back to the shoes. Because I think shoes always say something about the wearer. And Dan spotted these on the international runway a few months back. They're just kind of vulgar. (laughs) (laughs) They don't really look like shoes that people should wear. You know, they're not the most comfortable shoes, but it's interesting because it's a juxtaposition to usually what I wear is like more classic clothing. So with an outfit, if you have something that kind of stands out or like, you know, one element that's kind of like a quirk, it's it's interesting. And what's the oldest item in your wardrobe that you just cannot throw away? <laughs> it's kind of like a Hugh Hefner dressing gown, I guess. My parents got it for me. This is like, oh my God, it's so long ago. It's so gross. Our whole family actually has them. When we're together, we walk around in our dressing gowns. It's, uh, it's pretty great. Dan gets to travel to international fashion week shows, New York, London, Milan, Paris and Sydney. And it's likely he was one of the photographers dotted along the pavement outside that Balmain show. London has a certain aesthetic. You know, a lot of the style is very young and kind of creative... Milan is a lot more colourful, it's quite quirky. You know, there's a lot of chic women in Paris. They do definitely have their own particular aesthetic. I've done Fashion Week in New Zealand quite a few times. and I mean, New Zealand has an aesthetic as well. You know, when I was in New Zealand, there was a very kind of avant-garde kind of movement happening, you know, like Zambezi. I don't know, I think like now... There's some kind of like interesting young designers coming through. I don't know, people are dressing differently since I've moved away, which has been about five years ago. Yeah, I think New Zealand and Australia are similar. 
As I scroll through the images on Dan's website, autumnal colours, rich yellows and browns catch my eye, vibrant rusts and warm reds, not always in the clothing, but also in the backdrops. Curiosities, the rear corner of a banana-coloured van with bare branches that peek out in the background, a wall that was once papered with posters which have been torn away, leaving unrecognisable layers and textures that somehow kind of anchor the other images. But the attention and focus is always on the clothing, and there's a specific kind of mood and motion that's present. I try and capture that. I definitely try and capture, like, an essence of each city within the photographs. I mean, I'm very specific about the people that I choose to photograph. I have a particular kind of point of view or... And what is that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> I'm trying to interpret kind of what's happening in the industry at any given time. So on the runway, off the runway, and I try and capture that with, you know, within what people are wearing on the street. I'm not really drawn to people that get super dressed up to, you know, go and be photographed. It's more someone who can look at them and you can tell that they're wearing what they would wear any given day of the week. In some cases, they're real people or even industry insiders captured with their hair caught in a gust of wind or in the middle of intense thought. It's about those moments, crafting a visual story. Now, a lot of the bigger shows, you know, they have like a cordoned off area which only certain photographers shooting for certain publica publications are given access to. It's very different now than it was when I started even four years ago. Outside the shows, it's like a circus. It's like there's a lot of photographers, there's a lot of people turning up to shows to be photographed, not necessarily going to shows. It's worse than it's ever been. That just strikes me as a bit odd. I mean, these are probably people who are kind of see themselves as up-and-coming street-style stars, do you think? It has turned into quite a commercial part of the industry. It's been monetized in a large way, which, you know, I mean, it does change it. At the essence of it, it's still, it's still what it was. I mean, if it's kind of crazier than ever and there are more photographers outside these shows than ever, does it make it more competitive for you? Like, I mean, even with, you know, finding your spot on the pavement or whatever, you know? There are, you know, hundreds of photographers. I mean, personally, I try and just stick to what I know and what I do best, and I try not to take too much notice of other people and their approach. A lot of us are up for the same sort of jobs, which is difficult at times when, you know, a lot of the photographers are my friends and, you know, there might be three of us that are up for the same job. And obviously, you want to get the job. It's quite a tricky situation sometimes. <laughs> Do you kind of see your your role as spotting trends and identifying them, or is it about kind of capturing the essence of what is happening kind of socially? You know, like you do, you do notice every few seasons there'll be kind of a swing in what people are wearing and what's kind of happening politically, whether it be in fashion or not. It all filters through. You know, I think in the wider range of my work, I definitely kind of incorporate all of that. And then my personal aesthetic in terms of my social media and things, I try and keep very consistent and it'll be like, a, I guess it moves slower over time. Dan now shoots for international fashion publications and early on in his career shot for USL. For a Kiwi guy who had no photography experience prior, it's a big deal. To kind of get a publication like that straight off the cuff was 
for me, you know, a, a huge step. As soon as you're shooting for one of those publications, obviously everyone's kind of looking at your work. You've got huge exposure. I was then working for Vogue Paris for a couple of years, which was, again, like a really great experience. Demands are huge. It's not really for the faint-hearted. <laughs> I met some of the editors from American Owl outside of a show to say that it was just by chance as, you know, I think people say that a lot, but I mean, really I put in a lot of hard work in terms of meeting the right people. And you have to surround yourself by people that know worthy in the industry. You have to play the game to a certain extent. And these days, Dan joins the ranks of the founding fathers of international street style, Scott Schumann, founder of The Satorialist, and photographer Tommy Tong. Yeah, actually, Scott's a good friend of mine now. So, I mean, that's that's quite nice. I, I do remember on one of my, oh, it was actually my first season, I was in Milan. That's where I started my very first season. And I got in a taxi to go to a show with both Scott Schumann and Tommy Tong, who were you know, at the time, well, both of my, you know, really big idols. So I think I remember texting my mum at the time saying, oh, my God, I'm in the taxi with Scott and Tommy. This is crazy. Scott, he's kind of noticed what's happening in terms of the Fashion Week circuit. And he, he definitely sticks to what he likes to do. And, I mean, he's one of the ones that doesn't, you know, he hasn't been influenced by what's happening outside of the shows and all the craziness. He kind of just does his own thing. These days, his aesthetic, his style is kind of less about fashion week shows. And, you know, like he does a lot of like travel stuff. Is there anything that he's taught you or that any advice that those guys passed on to you and even in that ride in the cab? So Tommy Ton has really become like a mentor to me. I met him in Sydney four and a half years ago. He'd been the most influential chill to me before I kind of got into it. I mean, I'd read his blog for a long time. He was the one who kind of really made street style what it is today in terms of the kind of candid aesthetic. I started chatting to him about doing the international circuit and he really helped out initially and we're really good friends now. So, you know, we stay together in Paris and things like that. I stay with him in New York when I go there. Yeah, he's shown me a lot. Is, is this what you imagined? No, no, definitely not. Honestly, when I first started doing this, I really didn't believe that it would kind of go to where it has gone. Yeah, four four years later, it's a career now for me. And it, if you think about it, it feels surreal. But at the same time, it is just reality for me now, which is, yeah, it's quite amazing. It's, it's like sometimes I do wake up and I have to feel that cliche of, wow, I, I get to wake up and do what I love every day, which is... I don't think there are many people that get to say that, so I do feel very lucky. Lately, Dan has been transitioning into editorial work as well as shooting international events. It's certainly a long way from where he started. A couple of months ago, uh, American Vogue flew me over to do a project in New York shooting the Met Gala, which was really interesting and quite quite a big achievement. I mean, it was amazing that they considered me in the first place. I do work for them quite often, which is, you know, again, like a huge thing kind of coming from New Zealand and now working with American Vogue. Like, you know, with the Met Gala, I definitely, you know, when I got the email, I was like, this is a really big thing to be asked to do. So, yeah, I do have that like wow moment. 
for a long time, I actually, I worked for an organic uh, grocery store here in Melbourne to kind of supplement myself, which was a, a hilarious kind of uh, contradiction to my life overseas in the fashion world. It was also really great and kind of grounding in a lot of ways to come back here and have like this lifestyle in Melbourne. And then in between seasons, I'm doing editorial work, commercial work. I guess as a photographer, you're the person behind the lens and to a degree, kind of the person who's in the background of of what's happening. But do you consider yourself quite a low-key kind of guy? Like you just seemed really low-key to me and, you know. I would definitely rather be known for doing amazing work as opposed to wearing amazing clothes and being photographed myself. I'm very low-key and also the way that I shoot, I like to observe things a lot and... My aesthetic is very much kind of an observation of what's happening around me. I'm a Kiwi and, you know, we are quite reserved. Are you actually obsessed with fashion or have you become more engrossed with it now that it's your world? I I definitely like to wear nice clothes and naturally with what I do, I'm surrounded by, you know, people that dress well and, and my job is to kind of like look at that and see what's happening and kind of interpret it. So... I'm very much involved in, you know, different brands and the brands that I like. And I think, like, I know more about kind of style and aesthetic as opposed to a lot about the actual, like, fashion. Are there any parts of the industry that that make you feel uncomfortable or that you don't actually like? You know, I think it's generally around, like, the marketed side of the industry that that's targeting people and trying to get people to spend, like, you know, insane amounts of money on clothes. I mean, the part that I'm really into is the actual designers and the creative side of it, like all the creative people that I meet. There's no mistaking that there's an element of risk going into the business of street-style photography, but it's one that paid off for Dan Roberts. Not bad for a guy who had never picked up a camera before, but it just goes to show that success is partly based on the passion to get out there and, like the Nike ad says, just do it. I decided one day that I really wanted to become a street style photographer. It's very accessible for photographers. For the first few seasons, I funded most of the trips myself in the hopes that I would then get, you know, work through a client. But that's not to say his photos were polished and perfect off the bat. In fact, his first ever photo was... Out of focus and... It was the most nerve-wracking thing that I'd ever done, going up to a stranger that I didn't know to ask if I could take their photo. But, you know, as soon as I got over that, everything else felt a little bit easier. I think you really have to build an aesthetic that's your own. You know, you have to focus on kind of like building your own brand these days with things like social media. Try not to be caught up in what everyone else is doing. You're only going to get that aesthetic if you take a lot of photos and you start to look at your own work and curate your own work. Curation is very important. Having a critical eye is very important. It's also very hard. You know, I'm still learning how to do it now and it's been four or five years. Yeah, just just work really hard and reach out to people, you know, like I reached out to Tommy and people are more accessible than, than we're led to believe. So if they're a half decent human being, they'll send you a message back and give you some advice if they possibly can. If anyone's listening and they want some advice or anything like that, I'm totally happy to talk to people. And you can check out Dan Roberts' work via threadslike.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of My Heels Are Killing Me that was engineered by Phil Benj and presented and produced by me, Sonia Sly. And you can also check out a host of other great podcasts on the RNZ series and podcast page.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.